This is James Walker, and welcome to Real Talk, Real People. This is the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people to hear what they have to say about the issues and problems we face as a society. You know, folks, one of those problems is we have a lot of healthcare workers who don't feel we're doing enough or that enough is being done to keep them safe from becoming infected with the coronavirus while they're trying to prevent the spread of coronavirus and save lives. Some of them work in prisons, and as you know, over the last three podcasts, we've kind of kept our focus there on the number of people that are in such tight quarters there, and we've been wondering, how is it possible for them not to spread the virus, and why is it taking so long for a decision to be made to release some of them early, if indeed that decision is going to be made? What I do know is a number of people um, continue to become infected, and a number are um, dying, and those numbers are just continuing to rise. So my guest this week is a healthcare worker, and she currently works in one of the prison systems. You know, I just appreciate this young lady's willingness to to talk about the conditions where she works, and so I'm just going to re- allow her to remain anonymous, because the last thing we need is retaliation against a healthcare worker. You know, but as I said on my podcast last last week, there are more than 200 Department of Correction workers who are infected. So, you know, if I worked there, I would be concerned too. Initially, we were told that we weren't going to be um, exposed to them. Um, they had their own staff, their own health, their their own nurses, their own officers, everything. Um, you know, and then. It changed within two weeks. They started coming out in the halls, having to come to medical. Um, now, and so, let, let me interrupt you a minute. When you say they started coming out, coming out into the halls, are you talking about the prisoners? Yes. Okay. So, so that I have a clear understanding, you work in the prison system, but do you go from different prisons, or do you work at one particular prison? One particular prison. Okay, and during uh, up until the time COVID nineteen really became a serious um, issue, you were saying that they were telling you that they were going to practice safe distancing. I I don't understand what you mean when you say they come out into the halls. Yeah, so they they are on a unit that's strictly for them. Um, they're contained on their own unit. And we were informed that they were that they wouldn't come out into the main hallway where staff walks up and down. Um, and then they started coming out in the halls um, to go to the medical unit, um, which we told that we were told that they would have their own medical staff that would handle everything on the unit. They wouldn't they wouldn't need to come out for anything. But that changed very quickly. Now, when they come out into the hall, are they are they wearing masks, or are there, is is there any kind of protection for you guys? Um, I personally haven't seen them come out, but I know they've been out because they put the facility on lockdown, so there's no movement for staff to come out and walk up and down the halls. Um, I've been informed that they do wear masks, and they are um, are supposed to be wearing. Um, like a PPE um, suit, so on their feet and on their bodies, they're supposed to have a mask as well. 
Um, so when they come out into the halls to move, to go to medical, staff is not allowed to be in the halls at all. So we're on a complete lockdown. So there's no movement for staff or anybody else and other inmates that are not on that unit. There's no movement. So since there is no movement among staff and you're not coming into contact with them at that particular point, what is your fear? When them being out, like the even in the vents, you know, some of the offices are um, connected to that unit, so the air. Um, just, just the thought of possibly being exposed to it through the vents, we don't really know. I mean, they do keep it cold. They try to keep it cold in the building, but it's just that fear of, you know, I j just never know. Um, and just even when they go back to the unit up and walking up and down the halls after, after them, I mean, um, maintenance is supposed to mop and um, bleach the floors and the walls after, but it doesn't happen every time. Other staff aren't wearing masks as they've been enforced to do so. Um, so it's just the fear of possibly through, not necessarily through an inmate, but a staff as well. Because the, all staff are not abiding by what, you know, was enforced for all staff to have masks on at any time they come in contact. Or they sh it doesn't even matter at this point. We should be wearing masks regardless so we're in contact with the inmate or not. And staff are not doing that. Now, does the, um, do, does the DOC provide you with masks and, um, and, you know, and other protective gear? They have been providing us with masks. As far as protective gear, we don't receive that. Um, that's only for the staff that are actually on that unit. And what about gloves? Um, yes, they give. We have gloves. You're listening to Real Talk, Real People, the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people. Let me throw out some numbers here. Here in Connecticut, we have nearly 27,000 confirmed uh, cases of coronavirus. We have nearly 2,200 people who have died so far. There are nearly 300 inmates who have tested positive in very close quarters for the coronavirus, and four have died. You know, I asked my guests, and again, as I stated previously, more than 200 Department of Correction staff are carrying the disease now. So I asked my guests, what other steps are being taken to ensure their safety? Now, what about you guys personally? Do they check your temperature when you enter the building in the morning? Yes, they um, started checking our temperatures. And if it goes over a certain temperature, I think it's 99, 90 or 99, then they send us, you can't even come in the building. There's a a nurse um, that is right at the entrance of the door and she checks our temperature um, before we even come into the building. So if it's over that temperature, then they turn us away. Now, do you feel that the DOC is doing everything they can to protect you guys? Or do you think that it is the employees who are the problem in in maintaining, uh, you know, in, in keeping this virus at bay? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I The issue that I have is that, and I know some stuff is out of the hands of 
the warden and stuff like that. But they keep their, their, uh, you know, the facilities, certain facilities are not utilized, were not um, built for that. And it just, I feel like they're being forced to be in a place that wasn't built for it. And so they're putting staff in danger by doing that. And do you yourself um, come in contact with inmates at any point during the day? I do. Not those particular inmates, but I do. But you come in contact with um, inmates who have not tested positive? Yes. And what are the, uh, do, you, do you guys have conversations with them? Can you give me an idea of how they're feeling? Uh, a lot of them um, are not sentenced, so they're anxious to find out if they could be bonded out. You know, because they don't want to be there. They fear that they are going to be exposed to it. So a lot of the conversations are, you know, wanting them to talk to their family members or an attorney um, so that they could find out if they can get bonded out due to um, so many people coming in and out um, and not knowing, you know, who has it, who doesn't. And them just, you know, just fearful that, you know, they won't be here. They fear the worst. Now, are there fam- are family members allowed at this time? No, not to come visit, but they can call them. Absolutely, they can call, but they um, they can call. And do you find that there's a difference between those who are in pretrial and those who know they're going to be there a long time? Is there a difference in the concern about their safety? Um, I think it's the same. Even the guys that are that know they're going to be there, um. They're asking, you know, does it count? Like, does can their time be cut short because of because of it, um, or at least can they transfer because of it? But it's it's an, it's an unfortunate situation because that's where they are. That's where they're going to be until it's time to transfer. They it's there's no exceptions because of um, the epidemic. It's it's kind of is what it is at this point. Like you're here, you're here. Yeah, that's really unfortunate for a lot of people um, because that is the truth. If you're there, you're there. And mm-hmm. you're pretty much at everyone else's, um, uh, you know, you're pretty much at, you know, the mercy of our laws and um, so forth. So really, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Do you want to add anything? Is there anything that you feel that you should um, get across to people? Just I just ask that they be a little bit mindful, more mindful of the healthcare workers and the staff that have absolutely nothing to do with the the choices that are being made for these guys to either be there or not. Um, You know, there's been a lot of family members coming up and being angry towards other people that have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what's going on. And I get that because they are a part of the OC. They they, it's one and one for all. Um, just to be mindful of that, like we are, there are there are staff and individuals that are empathetic to everything that's been going on, and unfortunately, it's it's out of our hands. Um, but we do empathize, you know, because I can only put myself in on the other side, and I can only imagine what I'd be going through if I had a family member incarcerated that was sick and. Um, I knew could, you know, be bonded out and I had no kind of, no type of communication with that person. I'd be angry as well. Um, 
you know, so it's just it's just a really um, messed up situation for everybody, I, I think. So I just ask for the people to just, you know, be a little bit more mindful of um, that. It's not everybody that we're, we're not all against um, family members who come up and, you know, just want to see their family members get well or or go home we're not against that it's there's there are people out there that have hearts there are staff there are officers that have hearts and do care about these inmates they wish that things could be different well you know i think that's the um thing for everyone it's a tough situation all the way around you've been listening to real talk real people if you would like to be on the show have a comment about the show or perhaps you have an idea that the show should explore give us a call at 203-605-1859 or email us at realtalkrealpeoplect at gmail.com and remember start your Sundays with my column in Hearst Connecticut newspaper statewide and start your Mondays right here at Real Talk Real People have a good week folks we'll talk again next week <laughs>